0: Hi, Mountain. Hi, Joni. Hi, listeners. You are listening to the Catholic Traveler Daily Podcast, where we go to a different station church every day of Lent and tell you about it.
1: Yeah, and today's church is one that we've dedicated a whole podcast to already. <laughs> and it's one of our favorites. It is one of our favorites. <laughs> a lot of people love this church, and but it's also one that we're going to visit again later on in Lent. So today we're going to do like another intro to this church and then the next time we'll talk a little more in detail but if you've listened to the saint mary major podcast from before you might hear the same stuff again so just be warned but you might pick up something new this time
0: yeah you never know
1: we might say maybe you've forgotten yeah yeah maybe we've
0: forgotten that's possible yeah but you tell the story a lot because this is on several of your church tours when in normal times, Mountain Gives, great day tours of Rome, and Mary Major is one that you frequent. So you tell this story a lot, sometimes twice a day.
1: Well, I used to. Now it's we been like to. over a year <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: since I've good seen practice. another human. Yeah, Don't forget the story.
1: Um, um, so yeah, so St. Mary Major, this is one of the four major basilicas uh, in addition to St. Peter, St. Paul outside the walls, and St. John Lateran. Um, So it's one of the important churches, and it's one that pretty much any pilgrim to Rome is going to visit. Like, this isn't one that anybody's going to skip. So I think everybody's been to St. Mary Major if you've been here, and you're Catholic. If you're not Catholic, maybe
0: although. I remember going back and thinking, have I been here? Because sometimes, you know, those trips to Rome can, if you go with a big group, they can be kind of whirlwindy. And I specifically wrote in my journal, like, I don't really remember being in this church, which was embarrassing because it's such a beautiful, um, prominent church. And so I think sometimes people may even have been there and don't really remember it if they haven't had a good guide or if it's been a really whirlwind of a trip. So that's another plug for next time you're in Rome. Find mountain and have mountain take you because you won't forget this church.
1: Yeah, I definitely won't forget it. But I, yeah, I've, I, I too have had people say that I think I've been here, but I don't remember anything. Or they went yeah. there, they didn't know anything about it. Um, they just knew like you're supposed to visit this one because it's important.
0: <laughs> yeah, because so. like we've mentioned before in other, on other churches, the stuff that you need to see, it's not like it's labeled. And so you really have to know going in, why do I have to see this church? And what am I looking at? Because a lot of it can be missed. So just another, like, I think you could go to the church and not see the major relic because you just don't go down the stairs and see what it is. And so, it's, it's not labeled. Right, right. So, but that being said, Mountain, why don't you tell us the story of why this church is where it is and why it's so important?
1: Okay. So this church is, well, it's located near the main train station, Terramini, and it's not too far from the Colosseum. So it's kind of that side of town. Um, It's on a hill called the Esquiline Hills. That was one of the seven hills of Rome. Um, And the story about this church, it goes back to the 4th century, so the 300s. And there was a certain event that took place in August, August 5th, and it's important to know that in Rome, it gets really, really hot in the summer. So in August, it can be hundred degrees, you know, that's not uncommon. Um, and so there's the story of this wealthy family. Um, this man and his wife, they were praying for something to do with their money because they had all this money. And so they went to bed one night and he had a dream where Mary appeared to him and said, I want you to build a church where it snows tomorrow in Rome. So he woke up, he was probably all sweaty, thinking, oh, that was a crazy dream. Um, But just to be safe, he went to talk to his friend, who happened to be the Pope, Pope Liberius, who lived right down the street at the Lateran, which we talked about the other day. And so he's like, hey, Pope, I had this crazy dream last night. And the Pope says, no, 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 let me go first. And so the Pope starts to tell him his dream. Turns out the Pope had the exact same dream. So as they're talking, the Pope's assistant comes in and says, Holy Father, it's snowing. And so they run out of the palace, they run over to the Escaline Hill, and sure enough, there was a layer of snow on the ground. So the Pope took out his staff, he outlined the church that he saw in his dream, construction began immediately, and that's the church they built, St. Mary Major.
0: And it's a beautiful church.
1: It is. And because of that snow, it has a nickname. What's that nickname, Joni?
0: Our Lady of the Snows.
1: Yeah, it's a very pretty name,
0: it's, and it's funny to celebrate that feast on August fifth. But that's when you celebrate it.
1: I never really thought about that like, cause, I mean, <laughs> at least I'm
0: assuming that's when you celebrate it. At the no, that's of the dedication of yeah, right? Yeah, that's
1: when we celebrate it, right? But yeah. like, it's a feast that's celebrated throughout the world, and so if yeah. you don't know the story, and you've never been to Rome, and you're like yeah. in Illinois where the shrine is, and you're like, wait, yeah. why are we celebrating snow in August?
0: Yeah, hmm. interesting good time to tell the story
1: yeah so the church um the way they celebrate it here in rome is there's a mass um inside and during the mass during the gloria they open up a panel in the ceiling and they drop white rose petals down so it looks like it's snowing in the church and after the mass all the people run up to the front of the church and the ushers go and they scoop up the rose petals and throw them to the kids so very beautiful tradition, and then in the evening, they have what I say it's kind of like a foam party um, <laughs> outside in the piazza. It goes until midnight, but they shoot foam into the into the sky, and they've got colored lights and lasers and loud music. Um, it's kind of cheesy, but it's also kind of cool at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a fun tradition that they do here.
0: It's hard not to talk about the inside of the church, but I do want to save that for the next podcast. Um, We just kind of wanted to give it an overall beginning intro for those of you who hadn't listened to the other podcast. Um, But it really is a a beautiful church. It's in a a nice part of town with a lot of other churches nearby. And yeah, I think it's just a reminder to us that God, you know, God speak, God works in mysterious ways to to, you know, whether it's through dreams or through miraculous snowfalls, he can still work that way. And oh, what about the, oh,
1: sorry, I thought you were done. No, go ahead.
0: <laughs> the miraculous
1: <laughs> bells. Do you know the story? There were miraculous yes, bells?
0: Yes, I love that story. You told me that story a few years ago and I had never heard it. So you should tell that story yeah, as well. The,
1: the details kind of change depending on who you hear it from. Um, but there was either a boy or a girl. They were outside the walls of Rome. Um, this was a long time ago. I don't even remember how long ago it was. Back when being outside the walls of Rome was dangerous, after dark especially. And the sunset, this person was out. I think it was like a farmer with sheep or something and <laughs> couldn't find their way back to the city. And so we'll just say it's a girl because I think it's a girl. Uh, she started praying that you know she would be saved because, again, it's very dangerous to be outside the walls of Rome, especially after dark. A long time ago. Not now. Now it's fine. Um, But while she was praying, the bells of St. Mary Major started ringing. And this was like at midnight, like not when the bells would normally ring. So they were miraculously ringing out loud enough that she was able to hear them. And again, this was like before light, so it's pitch black. And she was able to follow the bells, get to the wall, get through the wall, get to the church. And... Then the story goes that like before she died, she was able to leave enough money to the church so that they would always ring the bells at the same time every single night so that if anyone was ever lost, they'd be able to find their way back. And so they continued doing that at, I think, midnight for centuries, maybe a long time. I don't know. But now, you know, people get grumpy when they have bells ringing at midnight, so they've (laughs) They've moved them to 9 p.m. But every single night, 9 p.m., these bells ring out. And it's the same bell that rang for her. Like, you know, the bell towers, they have different bells in them. And so this is like the big bell. So not the one they ring like every hour, but this is like a special bell that they ring for this. And I live about two miles from St. Mary Major. And... On really quiet nights, you can hear the bell at my apartment, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see how, you know, back before noise pollution and all that, somebody would have heard this way outside of the walls of Rome. They would have been able to hear this bell and follow it back to safety. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's another great example. I think sometimes we need those examples, especially during Lent when, you know, maybe you're having a dry Lent, maybe you're having a, a hard Lent, just to know that God can work through even, you know, things in this life, like a ringing of a bell, he can work through that. And that he's always there, even if he feels distant or if, even if he feels quiet, you know, he can work through the snowfall, he can work through the bells and he's trying to, to speak to us. We just sometimes need to be quiet and listen.
1: Very good, Joni. <laughs>
0: I always compliment my <laughs> my musings. Yeah. Oh,
1: so. um, is there anything else to say about the outside? There's an obelisk here.
0: There's an obelisk. On, I, on the back I don't know side. anything. Most people don't see the obelisk because they might come to the front of the church and just see the pillar with Mary on it, which I yeah. love. I love that pillar with Mary on it. But then there's an obelisk on the back.
1: Yeah, so. there's... So the, the way this church is situated, it's kind of surrounded by a busy street. So there's a piazza in the front, And that's the main entrance to the church. And there's another piazza in the back. And if you're just approaching it from the back, I mean, it looks like this grand, beautiful church, but that's just the back. But it's got this big staircase leading up to the back of the church. The back of the church. (laughs) That's where the obelisk (laughs) is. Um, And yeah, the, the pillar out front with Mary on top, that goes back to the early Roman days when they would put these columns in places like the Roman forum and then stick a statue of a God on it or, or whoever they were idolizing at the time or something. And so the church took that over and said, okay, we'll do that. We'll just take one of these columns
0: and the present church dates back to uh, not long after the Council of Ephesus, which declared Mary as mother of God. The Council of Ephesus wasn't really actually seeking to define anything about Mary. They were seeking to define something about Christ. But everything we believe about Mary traces back to what we believe about Christ. And so if you believe that Christ is true God and true man, then Mary is the mother of God. And that this became kind of the 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 first church of the West, uh, the Western part of the of Christianity, to be dedicated to her, uh, Saint Mary Maria Intestaveri, Santa Maria Intestaveri, says they are, but um, Mary Major, that's why we call it Mary Major, um, because it's the oldest church um, dedicated to the Blessed Mother in the West. Yeah. So, it's tempting right. to go inside, but we should wait.
1: Yeah. So. Oh, there is there is the loggia that's outside.
0: Okay, you a can logia? talk. You've been you've seen it more closely than I have. So why don't you tell us that story too? Yeah, the
1: the for a while the popes actually lived at St Mary Major, and so there's a loggia over the, like when you when you walk into the church there's the portico, and then above that this is like a double level portico, two story portico. I don't know. I yeah, don't know what word I was Double decker. For. Yeah, double decker. So from the top <laughs> that's where the pope could give his blessing. And it's interesting because it's, you don't usually see that in churches, like a a double-decker portico. Um, But the second level, it's covered in mosaics. And especially in the evening, if you go there, it's all lit up and you could see like the gold shining and it's really pretty. And they do occasionally open it up for visitors. So you can go up there and have the view that the popes had. Um,
0: Didn't you go for Christmas? I did.
1: Not... Not this last Christmas, the one before. I went there and it was open, so you could see the original Nativity because that's where they had kept it. Was up top, and uh, yeah, that was really pretty. So that was the only time I'd ever been up there. Yeah. So yeah, there you go.
0: This church is connected to Christmas, but we're not going to tell you why. (laughs) You have to wait. (laughs) You can always go listen to the other (laughs) podcast where we talked about. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So well, good. Well, Mary Major. Today's Station Church. Santa Maria Maggiore. And I guess we'll see you tomorrow. I mean, again, we won't see you, but we'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, tomorrow is a church that uh, no one's been to.
0: It's rarely open, right? It's open. Oh. But you know, when we went, everybody was like, you have to go to the Station Church Mass because this church is rarely open. And again, it's... it's the only time I've ever been, even though I went to school like a block away from it.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not open that often, I guess. Um, and it's not far from St. Mary Major.
0: That's right. Just down the street.
1: Yeah. We'll tell you that
0: tomorrow. Sounds good. All right, okay. people. Well, happy Lenting. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.